Hi, welcome to the shallow dive on the Dafyomi. I hope you enjoy. Let's start from the middle of Lamed Heim and Aleph. Rebliezer de Dorish Miet Riba. According to Rebliezer, the Darshans, a system of Miet Riba, a limitation and an expansion, is a style of hermeneutic, Midos Shetan Rashas Behem, Pratu Klalu Prat Minole. Where does he derive the source for Prat Uklal Uprat? Where does he see that in action? It's a different style, a broader, more universal type of hermeneutic, of a precise example and a general rule and a precise example. So working through such a system to derive Limudim, the halachic parameters of various cases. Where does Rabbi Ezra derive that from? Rabbi Avo says he learns it out. Rabbi Ezra learns out the concept of Prat Prat, or at least the example, primary example of it, from this verse in Shmos Chavbez Tess. Kitin Ish. So that is all prat. These are all specific examples. A donkey, an ox, mm-hmm. uh, small livestock. The verse continues, and all livestock. Klal, that's a general rule. Lishmar, to be guarded. Chazar uparat. Viatadan elok eina prat. Rashi explains, Farshi explains, the honey pratra basra tilamidi davar debar shmirahu. This final explanation of what we're talking about is something that is subject to shmir. Something that is subject to being guarded. The nishboin alein, that is subject to a guardian's oath. Kegon nami, ofos, which would include birds, for example, they were not mentioned in the specific enumerated examples. But what is excluded from this, this case, this description of something that is subject to shmirah, also dovin varayos. It excludes wild animals that cannot properly be guarded, like bears and lions. They are not subject to Shmira, to being guarded. They are not subject to training. You can train a bear and a lion, but good luck. They can turn. One cannot rely on that training. They're still wild predators, and therefore they're not subject to Shmira. That's the final prat. So here we have the cloud, prat of cloud. So that will tell us to include, as Rashi said, more cases like birds that are like these other specific enumerated examples. And broadly, like behemoth, and excluding something that's not subject to Shmira Lishmar, it has to be something that can be guarded, not something that cannot be guarded. Rava has a different derivation from Eliezer that would be his utility of this type of hermeneutic, Pratu Klalu Prat. So we had before the specific, the general, and then the followed by specific. Rabbo says, here's the source. He derives this hermeneutic from the following verse. Ve'im min, it's passing by Yikra Aleph Yud, ve'im min, and if from is a prat, is a specific 
from means not everything, but specific. Hatzon, the verse continues, from the flocks. That's a cloud. Kvosim ve'izim, lambs and sheep and goats. Chazar uparat. So those are again specific examples. The verse is ve'im in hatzon karbono min akvosim o min ha'izim la'ola zochar tamin yakrivenu. If from the flocks his offering shall be from the lambs or the goats as an elevation offering, male, unblemished, he shall bring it. So in this case, prat, klau, uprat. So you do not judge other than in the form of the prat, of the specific. Rashi. It includes various types of animals that are subject to restrictions in actuality from being brought as offerings because they are tzon. Tzon is a generic inclusion of flocks. From the lambs, from the goats, is a return to a limitation. All of these cases, like something that has been designated for Avadazara, for example, Muksa, or Nevad worshipped, these things are excluded and may not be brought as an offering. But what is included in this are other types of Averas, the other types of sinful usage of this animal, that does not invalidate it from being brought as an offering. For example, let's say it was used to plow a field on, on Shabbos. Or if it was used to violate the prohibition of Kilayim during the week. So either way, this animal that should be fit for an offering was used for a sinful purpose. Nonetheless, it's not invalid for an offering. So you have this Dynamic that has certain restrictions. You have a cloud, and then the, another prat telling you that there's a similarity, but a difference. So you have certain restrictions are out. Not all animals may be brought as offerings, even from within the right species. And then a restriction on the category of restriction. It doesn't mean any animal that was used for a sinful purpose, but specific types of sinful purposes that invalidate the animal from being brought as an offering to the exclusion of others. Amar le Rav Yehuda Midiskarato the Rava So Rav Yehuda from Diskarato said to Rava And when I learned from this verse In this verse, there's just a few psalms earlier. The original verse was Vayikra Aleph Yud. And he's asking, learn from the second Pasuk in Vayikra. Why does he wait eight psalms? What, what Pasuk would he like to learn from? Min Habehema. So Min is a Prat. From, I mean not all, is a specific. Habehema is a generic cloud of the domesticated animals, bakar utzon, mina bakar, or mina are specific types of behemoths, from the cattle and the flocks, chazar, apart, 
So you see there's a returning to the Pratim. So you have the same dynamic of Prat, Klalu, Prat. Prat, Klalu, Prat. You have to do Prat. So why don't why, why did he wait to persecute? You responded, from there you cannot derive this cloud. If you would use that verse, although it's earlier, When the verse says, that means domesticated animals in a specific sense. But, Chaya Bechlal Behemo, there are some contexts where Chaya, which is a wild animal, is included in the terminology of Behemo, of a domesticated animal. And the Farsh says, Dersiv, Zos HaBehemo Asher Tochlutzi Ayel, Ayelutzvi. So, if you if you have the understanding of behema in a in a generic sense, including chaya, so you have a question. Tosa speaks out bit mia kolomar. Hi behema, lamati samis the chaya bechal behema. This behema, you're not able to say that it includes chaya, the wild animals. The verse says, well, this, this is a Gemara's rejection of pre- presenting this verse because Chaya in this context is not going to be included in the term Behemo because of the context. The verse says, so we know cattle and flocks are domesticated animals. Bifrat, Basra, the, the final specific case. Kmo, Sheparta Basra, Mimait Chaya, Patakaminami Motze, Lahavi, Dimait Chaya, Pradachon, Megal al Rishon, Mute Chaya. Ulehola, Mihai Kra, Nami, Ekal Midrash, Bipratu Klalaprat. So, the dynamic of this hermeneutic, prat, klal, and prat, the specific case, the generalized case, and then going, coming back to a specific case as a, a form of revelation of what cases are included. So this, the Gemara is presenting as a kasha, say that this is applicable here, and the final Bakavatzon should be a gilui of the preceding cases. The Havale Pratu Kla Uprat the Bach adds Vyatadon Elkina Prat and you should be subject to the limitations. Uminolon Dahihu And how do we know that this is the, fact, the, the case? The Mephar says, that we use this hermeneutic to modify the klal from the prat. And we, we look at the, the limited example to understand what the general rule is talking about. The Tanya in accordance with the Brisa. Minosato akese b'chol asher tab'an afshecho. This is talking about Maish Hosheni, the second tithe. You shall give the money for whatever your soul will desire. This is a tithe that must be brought to be consumed in Jerusalem in a state of purity. So whatever you want, that's a cloud, it's a general rule. But the verse continues, The Pasuk gives various examples. Not everything you want. Cattle, flocks, wine, beer. Those are all examples. 
וכל אשר ישלח לנפשך, חזר וכלל. Then the, the verse concludes again with a general rule, and in accordance with anything, everything, uh, with all that your soul will seek out. So here you have the general rule, the specific, and then again this uh, general rule. And the general rule is subject to modification of the context of the specifics. In what way? Just as all of these examples, cattle, flocks, wine and beer, are fruits from fruits. And they are grown up from the ground. So to everything that is a fruit from a fruit and grows from the ground. And here when we say we're including cattle, flocks. It's a, a generalized sense of sometimes they're included, sometimes not. If you look at the context, So here we see the idea that the klal, kol ha-shet or the, the original one, kol ha-shet is modified by the prat. Rashi explains, Netanya nazate kesef v'gomer afa. This comes to include birds. The person brings his nicer shani to Yerushalayim, wants to eat, but he transferred the sanctity onto money. Now he wants to buy something in Jerusalem. So he can buy chicken. That's included. It's not the specific case of the Pasuk. The Pasuk is clearly talking about more. But it shares the fundamental qualities, primi pri dogi. But what's excluded, he can't buy a fish. Shein gedelen al kaka. They are not grown on the land. So that's a, an example. Mirti. That's a value. Klal upratu klal. This hermeneutic of a general. Case specifics followed by general that the way to view it is to see the general as being modified by the specifics. What is the purpose of the final concluding general rule? We're saying that the first rule, the general case, is being modified by the specific. So, what do we understand differently? That we have a, a, a conclusionary general rule. Ahani la sufi called It helps to include everything that's similar to it. Nashi, mafil mitzadacha. And even from one side, even fish that are fruits of fruits, but they don't grow on the ground. I would have thought, and we only had the first cloud. So I would have thought that if there are two features, of the protein. Like in our case, primi pri and gedulei kaka. There are two salient features of each of the protein that they shared, common denominators. I would have thought one is enough if I just would have had a klau and a prat. Now that I have a, a conclusionary klau, 
So I need both common denominators to be shared by anything else that's going to be included. And further, prat to klal prat, the structure, the hermeneutic of prat to klal prat, specific, general rule, followed by specific, ke'ena prat, that we say that the general rule in the middle must be like the specific, daninon, pratabasra, mayahani. In a similar vein, we're asking on the parallel hermeneutic, what do we need? The final prat, the final specific. Just say, prat to cloud. The extra prat at the end, how does it modify our understanding? Elah prat basra, if not for the final specific, then I would have thought that the general rule is expansionary to include beyond the prat. And if the Torah is not looking to do that, doesn't want to have a klal mosifala prat, wants to be limiting, so it has to have the final prat. That's the way to communicate that idea. And let's evaluate, let's look. Two klalim and a prat. Two pratim and a klal. Ke'en prata deninon. In both cases, we view the specific as the, the main anchor, if you will, of how to understand what the Torah is trying to convey. Ma'ika beni beni. So what is the difference between the two Modes. When you have klal prato klal, a rule followed by specific, followed by a general rule, a more broad category, or the other way, specific followed by a general, followed by a specific. Ika, there is a difference. Dilu tatin klale uprata, in the case of klal prat uklal, ika prata didamile. If there is an example, a specific case that is similar, shares a common denominator, even only in one facet, then it will be included. In contrast, the structure of a specific, a general, and a specific example, in that case, we will only include in this category something that is going to share the two commonalities, but not one commonality. Mechti. Pratu klal nase klal mosif al prat. If there's a specific case and a general rule, so we mentioned before that the, the way to view that is that the general rule is meant to add on to the specific. It's expansionary. Yisrabe kol mili omit riba nami riba kol Yisrabe kol mili So now Gemara is trying to understand the difference in these hermeneutics between pratu klal and midvaribo. Midvaribo is a limitation and an expansion versus a specific and a general. So what's what's the difference between these two things? Now, Bichlal, we saw that midvaribo is controversial. But what is the difference between these two types of hermeneutics? The difference would be that if you're looking at the hermeneutic of Pratuklal, a specific and a general case, coming back to Nazir, as a practical difference between these two styles of hermeneutic, the way of viewing the verse 
through Pratuklal, specific and general, we would include the leaves and tendrils of the grapevine. Whereas, if you're looking at exclusion and expansion, so then you're actually going to have a different conclusion. You look at included in the prohibition for Nazir, the tendrils, but not the leaves. So there's a dif- differentiation between Klauparat and Meat Variba. See Rashi. Meat Variba. You have to love Mamak Midi. It can't be that something is not going to be limited. That's what Miat is doing. Miat is telling you a limitation. So limitation and expansion, something must be excluded. Therefore, we will include the tendrils. But not the leaves. The leaves will be excluded. Rebliezer is the one who does Darsh and Mitvriba. And he does include Alin, the leaves in the prohibition. Although Tikshalach, this is not a problem. Rebliezer lo mashmale Alin, elamishun nechsiv, mikol asher yas megefna yain. The high mikol, lishna yisero, he has another reason to include it, not from the hermeneutic of Mitvriba, but rather because of the extra verbiage in the verse. That teaches you something extra. Mikol. So technically, even though he does darshan, midvariba, he comes to the conclusion that Lovin and Alin are both subject to the prohibition, but that's because he has another source for it. He darshans Mikol. From all. Afilu Alin, Lavdafko, Elkamashmalam de Purta Hul, Demiet. Something has to be excluded. So the Mefarsh is explaining it doesn't have to be specifically Alin, but something is excluded. O Alin, O Shibishta, or leaves, or the, the more uh, harder developed Lulavin. But between Miet and Riba and Riba Umiet and Riba, that in fact there is no difference. You do not have a differentiation between those two things. Let's see Tosos. Madam Tosos. Ika Dilo Prado Klao Marbinon Afilo Alim Vilulavin. Tosa says, this is a wonder. As we saw in Rashi, limitation and expansion, in the beginning of this discussion, and he does include in the prohibition the leaves. Perhaps, Tosa says, Earlier he was talking about the soft tendrils. We're talking about hard ones that are dry. Varap Nishmaso Eden. I don't know if that's Rabbeinah Peretz of blessed memory. I know Saint Tam Ladava. Kemo Shiraga Rashi Lafarish, Michal Malcolm. Dehech Dika Klaal Prat. Havi Prat Pirusha Shal Klaal. That wherever you have a rule of the, the general one followed by a specific. So the explanation of the specific is through the lens of the general rule. 
To the extent that it overrides the general rule. As though it was not there. So it's a, it's a modification that overrides the previous step. But in the parallel hermeneutic of something that's expansive followed by something that's limiting, you do not view the limitation as a nullification of the expansion entirely. Rather, there's an anchor and there's something added and something limited. Therefore, if the structure is that there's a specific prior to a general, that's why you're going to have the understanding of what the general rule is telling you, the, the more klal is telling you a hosafa, something in addition to the specific case. And it overrides the specific Entirely. As though it weren't there. Don't say that that's the explanation of the general rule. Because it was preceded. By by a limitation and an, an expansion. So as Tosa said, we we view the categories as, as more connected and maintained, according to that hermeneutic. Uh, so so therefore, if you have the the, the sequencing. In a different order, it's not going to make a difference. If the miut is before or after the ribui, it won't make a difference. When the limitation is preceding the inclusion, it limits somewhat. The force of the inclusion of the the ribui is not is not uh, all powerful, so to speak, to negate what was said prior. So a bit of a different style. And if you'll ask, by klaluprat, by a, a case of a general rule and a limitation. We only include in the rule that which is shared by the specific. What does the rule tell you? We don't learn from it tells you to override a type of halachic wormhole. This structure will override that and prevent it from including something beyond the specific. In a similar vein, if you have a specific and a rule that's coming to be mabe something, to include something new, so what does the prat do? What does the limitation do? In, it, it helps restrict an, another potential way of learning due to either Xer Shava or Kavachomer. Cannot restrict more than and take away from the prat. And let's continue in the Gemara. Amar Biavo, Amar Rabbi Yochanan. Biavo says in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, Koli Surin Shemetara, Ein Hetem Itzarf Leeser. The general rule is when it comes to prohibitions on the Torah, we do not say that heter, something that's permissible, will join up to something that's prohibited. 
for the purpose of liability if it's being consumed, generally speaking. Chutz misri nazir, other than from the prohibitions of nazir. Share armatar mishras. The Torah says mishras anavim. Nazir is not allowed to have the soaking of grapes. If somebody takes bread and soaks in wine. So if that's prohibited for the Nazir, we see Yochanan says this is a limited feature of Nazir. Let's see Rashi. Shirare Amratara Bechomeshras Larabos Shafilu Lo Havi Suri Nazir Kishir Even if you don't have a full shear. Rashi says I'm sochim, even if it's half half. So you need to have the consumption of it in all of its volume. You need that bread. You don't have that much wine. Nonetheless, there will be a liability if he consumes it a full kazais between the bread and the wine when he consumes it together. Zairi Omar Afsa'ar. Zairi says, in addition to the example of Isurei Nazir having this rule, this stringency of Hetem Esafliyasir, we also find the concept applicable to Sa'ar, to Levin, Nebal Taktiru. The Torah prohibits bringing as an offering Levin on the altar. The Rashi explains, Shafilu in Besar Kazayas, even if you don't have a full olives volume of Sa'ar, of this Levin, the Isas Matzah Mashlim Lakazayas, the Bach changes, amends the Girsa. You have a dough of Matzah joining together to conclude an adequate amount of Haktara, of something being offered on the altar. Shuchayev. Vov Mishum, Shneema, Kol Sa'ar, Chol Dvash, Lozaktiru. The Torah says, All leaven and all honey you shall not offer, you shall not burn up on the altar. So here we have, in addition, says Ziri, this is included, like nausea, in the category of Hetem Estarfel Yisr. Keman, Karbaliyazer, Tadarish, Kol. This is like Karbaliyazer, who Darshan's Kol, as we saw in Rashi. Ihahi, Lenin, Chavetz, Nami. If that's true, so why is he saying only for the prohibition of bringing leaven on the altar, it should also apply to Chametz and Pesach. In Achanami, it's true. You're right. It does apply also to Chametz and Pesach. So why did he say this case? He's coming to exclude what Abayah said. Abayah holds that you don't need to come on to you don't need for liability of bringing on the altar leaven to have a full olives volume, according to Abaye. So therefore, Zairi is saying, Abaye is wrong. You do need a Kazayas. And that's why he gives this case. But the rule of Kol includes not just the Isra of Haktara, also for Chometz and Pesach. Mashmon en Haktara pachas That Zairi is taking his stand against Abaye that you need a kazayas, and therefore you have had to misarfle iser for this case. Yosef Ravdimi v'kamar la'ashmaitzah. Ravdimi was sitting and saying over this teaching. Abaye asked a question. Abaye said, is this true? Makbashal trumo. Some type of aspic made from tides. V'ashum Hashem And the garlic and oil of this dish are non-sanctified. And somebody who immersed and has not yet had hair of Shemesh, so the sun has not gone down yet. It's not nightfall. So he's a Tvul Yom. He's in a limbo state. So what's the status? If he touches part of it, Apostle Eskula, the Invalidation 
of this mix of truma and non-truma is entirely possible. That's what a tzvulyom will do. Mikvashel chulin, if the main aspect is non-sanctified, v'ashum v'ashemen shel truma, the garlic, the oil, is made from truma, that is sanctified, tithes, v'nogat v'yom v'mitzvasan, the same thing happened. Somebody who immersed during the day touched part of it. The only part that becomes inedible for a coin, Yisrael can't eat it anyway, becomes possible for a coin, is the place that he touched. And the place where he touched, why should it become invalid? What is the rationale for this? The reason is because a non-coin who would consume this would get lashes for eating a kazais, eating an olive volume. My time all. What is the reasoning? Isn't it not because this is the conclusion of a bias question. Bai has a kasha from this Mishnah. And he says, you see, Hatem Asafla Isser applies over here also. By Truma. He responded, no, we do not have Hatem Asafla Isser over there. My Kezayis. What are we talking about, Kezayis? There is a Kezayis of Truma in the time frame of eating half a loaf. Achilles pras. So meaning so not had to misarfleser. Where are their lashes for Azar to eat it? Not for one kazais. Not had to misarfleser. No, a different process of kazais bechadechis pras, which, in its origin, is derived Mishnah Nagoyim. But it's the general cloud, not just for the shear of tuma of waiting time for tuma. But what's called eating? If somebody wants to eat something, and the Torah says to yes eat or to not eat, what's the time frame within the amount that's to be consumed or not be consumed? What time frame constitutes a time frame of eating? So it's an olive's volume within the time it takes to eat more than an olive's volume, half a loaf, how much? Three or four eggs volume. But that will yield malchus for kol yisur shabatara in general. They'll be subject to full liability. The Torah says, "Don't eat." It includes eating at this pace, and you don't have to come on to have to That's the answer to Bai's question. And the Gemara asks, "Is this actually a biblical structure?" That achila, the consumption within the time frame of eating half a loaf, is that a biblical structure? Amalei said yes. If so, why is there a debate between Rabbanon and Rabbi concerning this kutach dip, the Babylonian dip composed of moldy bread and whey? So it's very sharp. And it's chametz, it's leaven. So why is there a debate between the Rabbana and the Rebbe Yezer if there's liability for consuming Kutach HaBavli? Amalei, So he responded, don't, don't look at Kutach HaBavli, leave it alone. Over there, it's not eaten in a manner where a, an olive's volume of the bread component is consumed quickly enough within the time frame, to eat a half a loaf of bread. And if he does slurp it up and consume it that quickly, he's being weird. He's considered, nobody does that. And if he eats it in a normal manner, as a type of dip for his bread, well, then he's going to be eating it too slowly. He's not going to get a kazayas bechdech pras. 
It'll take him much longer than Kedechilos Pras, just between two and nine minutes. It'll take longer than that for him to eat a whole Kezais of Kutach Abavli, a whole olives volume of this sharp dip, because he has it as a dip. So that's the Gemara's uh, response. That the machlok is between Rabbanon and Rabbi Yezer about Kutar Abavli is not subject to the issue of Achilles Pras or Achila of Kezayas Pate Achilles Pras. That is unchallenged. They argue because it's atypical to have Kutar Abavli in this way. As machlok has shown him how to understand what that means. Let's see the Mefarish over here. People don't just eat Kutach Abavli plate. It's very sharp. When the Torah says not to eat something, it restricts the consumption in the way that it's eaten. And if he uses it as a spread for his bread, this is in contrast to the case of the mix, this aspect that has some components that are truma, some that are chulin. Over there, he can get a kezayis bechilas pras, so he can he can eat it quickly. He doesn't need it as a dip; it can be eaten plain, and there will be a liability for a non-coin to consume it as a din truma. Doraisa. And you don't need to come out to Hatam and Sarflesim. The Tosus says, next Tosus, Hanach, the Kutucha Bavli, Deleka, Kezayas, Mechdechilos Pras. Tosus says, Botl Daitz, it's all called Adam. Bipsoch, Impir Shashi, Vim, it's Rami, Hochi, Mifter. Sheinta Derech, Achilo. If somebody does this, let's say, for example, for us, we don't have kutach but something similar. Let's say a standard soy sauce has wheat, fermented wheat in it. But how much wheat? It's normally not enough to have a kesayis bechdechles pras or revis deishis revis. People don't have soy sauce that way. They have a little bit. So therefore, Rashi says, "Bottle daito." If he decides to down his bottle of soy sauce, he's being weird, and that's not what the Torah says. Don't eat that. It's not included. Tosa says, however, he disagrees. Even though it's not normal, if somebody did it, he'll still be liable. It's just not what we're talking about. We're talking about what's normal. We're not talking about what's not normal. But push comes to shove. If somebody did it, will he be liable? Tosa says, yes, he will be liable. He downs his bottle of soy sauce and he gets a kazayas, whatever you say, he'll be liable, even though it's abnormal. Not like Rashi. Rashi says it's, he's off his rocker, and he's not liable. It's not the derech achilo, it's not what the Torah is talking about. The Rosh brings down these two opinions. Vimisrami, v'ochile, mamish, v'ochile, 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 the first is like Rashi. If he does it, he's still exempt. If he does it, he'll be liable. But here we're not talking about that. The dis- disagreement between Rabbi Yezun and the Chachamim and the Ravana is about what's normal, not about what would be if somebody does something that's atypical. If you take a look at the Rambam, in he says, If somebody consumes something that's a mixture of chametz with other things, if he eats it on Pesach, he will get lashes, but there is no spiritual excision. Anything that leavens, 
you shall not eat. There will be liability if he has a kezayas b'techilus pras. Sholosh beitzim eshitas ramam. Who shall look Then he'll get lashes. Avalim ein taroves kezayas b'techilus sholosh beitzim. Avalpisha also lelachol. Imochle no loke ela makin also makas maris. Less than that, he will get makas maris for consuming it. Rabbinic lashes, not biblical lashes. So the ramam seems to be paskening, like we saw machlokas rashi, the balayatosus. Like the Shita, that there will be lashes, even though it's atypical. He mentions Kutach Abavli, and he says, if he eats a Kedayas, he'll be, yeah, get Malchus. The Ravid says, Harav Zah Pasak Be'elu Karabonon, Mishum Deim Kedayas, Be'elu The Rif, Paskin, not like the Rambam, he's learning the Rambam's Paskining, like Rabbi Yezer, there is liability. The Rif Paskin, there is no kezayas bechzeichlas pras, meaning the Rabbi Lachar is learning like Rashi, that it's fundamentally excluded according to the Rabbanon, and it's just not the normal thing to do. In terms of how the Rambam understands this, Lachar, he doesn't disagree in the Metzias. The Metzias, the, the reality is people don't eat kutah that fast. And if they do, they're being weird. So why is there a liability? So Ramam says that it's learned out from the Pasa called Machmetzes, Lo Sochelu. Now what is Machmetzes? Leaven. Leaven is something that the Torah says we're not allowed to eat, even though it's not something that we eat in the normal course of events by itself. Or even a Kezayas Bechdechlis Pras. You put a little bit of your sourdough starter into your, your dough, and it, it rises and you eat it, but not a kezayas bechdechnos pras, much less than that. And yet the Torah says, don't eat that leaven. Don't eat that sourdough starter. It's not something that people normally eat, and yet it's subject to the prohibition, as long as it's within the time frame of eating. So the male of the Ramah is understanding, that in as much as the Torah tells you not to eat it, even though it's not typically eaten as such, so the normal rules of batl daito yitzel kol adam are waived. The Torah tells you not to eat something that's atypical. That means even though it's atypical, the Torah generates liability for such consumption.